0: Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and a psychologist Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes.
1: <laughs> you really
0: are the master of spontaneous witticisms. <laughs> Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm Tamler Summers from the University of Houston. Dave, I have to say, I've been noticing that you never tweet about the podcast. You never post anything on Facebook. You don't, you don't seem <laughs> you don't to promote call. it. I never really see you speak about it in public. Are you ashamed of this
1: podcast? You really are the Jewish mom I never had. <laughs> You don't call. I am so deeply proud of the podcast that I refuse to cheapen its brand through shameless self promotion.
0: <laughs> there is a difference between just alerting people a- about the existence of it and shameless self promotion. There's like a little, there's a, there's a, I
1: know. I've there. been, tri- I, I've been trying to teach you that difference for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was on a, recently on a uh, podcast called "People Behind the Science," where I spoke at length. It probably got edited out, but I spoke at length about my podcast.
0: You know, actually, that's a, that's <laughs> the one exception, actually, because um, I looked at that and I do see a lot about your podcast that you host, mm-hmm. not co-host, just host.
1: It's uh, a tough job. It's a tough job. It's, thanks it's, for it thanks for noting like
0: it. i I'm, I'm happy to be. I don't know what I would count like if you read it, it sounds like you host it and and maybe every once in a while you have a guest.
1: So is that what I am? just like an occasional guest. <laughs> you're my guest. You're my favorite you know sometimes and maybe you feel this sometimes I actually don't do anything on Facebook or Twitter. Because I realize there's so many things that I should be doing that the minute somebody sees that i 'm like being active on Facebook, all they 're going to be like is, "How come you haven't sent me the fucking draft of that paper that <laughs> you were supposed to send six months ago, so I was really just overwhelmed by this is just a humble brag about how busy busy I am I guess um, yeah,
0: all right, so you want to do a little penance
1: i 'll do penance, and it 's penance that'll that it's that it is fun um you're uh, You're big you're, on
0: that, you Christians, right? Like repenting. You know, conf- I'm your actually
1: students. I'm actually as I'm talking, I'm actually like flagellating. Is that the right myself <laughs> by self-flagellation? That's a different thing. It's like jerking off like, while farting yeah. and whipping yourself. <laughs> it probably exists. There is you sent me this link because in your constant uh, Googling. This is a a website that I actually n- not heard of before. I have no idea if it's popular or if it's just completely brand making new there. I mean, my one beef is it's the, the list that we're on is the 25 best podcasts for men. And I, I generally think we're the we're pretty good podcasts for people of all persuasions, as they say. But but it was a nice write up. So we're on the list. And here's the one paragraph review. You wouldn't expect a conversation between a philosopher and a psychologist to be quite as funny as Very Bad Wizards is. But in between looking at morals and values, they're cracking inappropriate jokes and making enough geeky references to make Aaron Sorkin sit up and take notice. They're more than happy to court controversy and speak their minds in a way that is as hilarious as it is cerebral and as body as it is brilliant. I, that made me feel good. That's about that, that, as nice and succinct and... Yeah. yeah, so dear whoever anonymous author... Uh, And it's a great
0: list, right? Like it's like the Nerdist, Freakonomics Radio, WTF with Mark Marin. I mean, these are all the the serial, Serial, radio radio lab, lab, how did this get made? As great as that was, I don't think that's the best piece of praise that our podcast has gotten. Radio Tatas.
1: Radio Tatas. First of all, what a great, great name.
0: Talk about a good picture.
1: I don't know if this is a picture (laughs) of one of them. (laughs) i don't i I do not know but we should do something similar Um,
0: (laughs) yeah people want to see my pecs my bare chest
1: (laughs) it's also actually a visual pun because people call headphones cans so this is maybe describe the
0: they're a comedy culture and current events podcast based in austin texas I don't yeah, they just
1: sort of shoot the shit. I mean, it's uh they have great voices. It makes me jealous. Very good and voices. Yeah. And women and sound
0: great on podcasts. Have you noticed that? That women always just sound. They sound better. They sound much better than the men.
1: I mean, probably than just us.
0: Um, I can't find their names, though, from their website. There these- Natalie and Lala. Natalie and Lala. But anyway, they devoted yeah. a good 10 minutes to recommending our podcast, actually recommending of all the podcasts. And she had one, the, the one who, had, who was talking about it had listened to a bunch. And out of all of them, um, the comedy podcast, which we have almost officially disavowed. But maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe it wasn't we, as bad as we thought, because a we, bunch of people have was. come to its defense.
1: The real strategy here is to to disavow most of our episodes so that people send us right. praise. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. That's this it? old this old episode,, oh, it sucked. <laughs> Tell me more about how it didn't suck.
0: Anyway, um, but they said they played some clips from the first episode. Where the the sound is a little shitty, but I, it was just nice to hear because we don't go back and listen. God knows to any of these episodes, they played a bit of no. our fight, the excerpt of our fight, and then what did
1: one of them say? There was a. It was the most. It was like the sexy voice review of our fight, which just uh, we'll just put a. Well, I'll even timestamp it because it's just it's, it makes our fight sound like the hottest thing ever. Um, so thank well, you, Radio Tata.
0: I, I don't know if they're being serious about that. No. <laughs> it, it was fun to hear. Anyway, so thank you, uh, Radio Tatas. So today we're actually going to be doing a combination, a medley of things. We're going to try to keep this short. We're both fairly busy. I'm about to go away. I'm about to go to, to, to Romania for two weeks. Um, yeah, why to are you to, going? To track down my... As some people know, my my father passed away this past year, and my brother and I are heading to Romania to try to go to a small village out in the mountains where his family comes from. Well, there's actually two different villages about three hours apart that both his mother and his father, you know, respectively come from. And then my mom also is comes from Romania. She was actually born in Romania and is from Bucharest, so... We're just oh, wow. going to do a little tour of both of our heritages and um Romania seems like a really cool place. One of our listeners, Nikolai gave a just a this is one of the great things about doing this podcast he gave us like a 17 page guidebook personalized tour of where we're going and where to stop and because romania is still you know it's not it's not a huge tourist place even though apparently from everything i've read and seen it's, it's it's gorgeous it's beautiful so i'm very excited to go yeah and that's great.
1: Uh, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. Great of the of that listener to spend so much time. On, really is. On you. Uh, thank you, Nikolai.
0: It should be really fun, but we wanted to get some content out.
1: So, speaking of content, what's on the docket? Some, right. you got some so, we got some listener emails. We got
0: some listener emails, a few moral di- a couple moral dilemmas and uh they tie in nicely to a documentary that you recommended that i watch and i just watched this week very glad i watched it it's called an honest liar and it's about james Randi, the famous magician slash skeptic uh a couple of our emails although we have a bunch that i'd like to respond to and and mention but um, a couple of them concern the nature of deception actually a lot of them (laughs) did Well, you know, like a lot of the emails sort of centered around this idea of whether deception can be is always harmful or whether it can be harmful sometimes to cure people of their deception or correct their deception. So before we do that, I think it was in episode one where I was joking about and I've joked about this before. I think this has probably come up enough for it to be a little weird and creepy and about like having sex with dogs and you know if there's once we find out there's no free will everyone will have sex with their dog and and (laughs) and, you know now that same-sex marriage is legal my first thought was you know next up right skip right right over the whole polygamy thing and just go right to the go straight and and, and straight animals and i mean the big thing about bestiality the big sort
1: of objection from these very Z- zoophilia as, uh, we, as we what is it as we say zoophilia, zoophilia. you know i think is, is the appropriate term we don't mm-hmm. want to insult anybody who's who's into that
0: uh that's yeah. right bestiality is, has a almost pejorative sound
1: <laughs> to almost. some people oh. yeah
0: um someone was talking about chimpanzees signing and i and i just had a question speaking of moral dilemmas so this is
1: i'm trying to find it um I'm so I was teaching a course with Benoit uh, Monin, who's a who's a moral psychologist a psych- social psychologist at Stanford. We did this two week two week course on moral psychology as part of um Society for Personality and Social Psychology and I'm just walking around one day sort of decompressing after class and I get a text uh from you <laughs> that just simply asks Wait, I'm trying to find it. Um, it. Just out of the blue, sort of text from Tamler, Um, Do you think that chimps can consent? You can get a, you can train a chimp to consent to sex. Was that it? Is that what is I mean? That, if, how you I, it? I don't
0: remember my exact words. <laughs> it was. It was just out of the blue. Well, I didn't sort want to forget. Starting. You know, it's like one of those things where you know you yeah. have this thought and then. You don't want it to just fade away <laughs> and you never think of it again.
1: So then, okay, so I, I re- responded to you, and I actually don't think – I think you're misguided even in the question because you can get – there's a question of whether you, well, you get can get sh- – they can sign,
0: right? They, they can, can sign when they're hungry and when they're
1: – Sure, sure. So, so if the question is whether or not they can communicate a desire, and this is what I responded to you you know sure like they can say so but, but you don't need sign language even for for a chimp to tell you that it wants to eat something it'll just start eating it so i i think that the question of consent is is pretty different than one of communicating desires cuz like a, a you could train a chimp to communicate that it wants to have sex with you um but if what you're worried about is that it might what? not want to have sex like i like a dog humping your leg is pretty much communicating that that's what it wants to do
0: right but I don't want to wait until the chimp is, like, on top of me, like, humping me.
1: <laughs> so there is, there is the question of whether or not the dog can consent even when it's making clear that it desires sex. Right? I take it that, like, you know, for instance, a, a, an 8-year-old could express a desire to do something that it would be illegal for you to do. Right. So what, what's required of consent seems not just the expression of a desire – but rather some deeper
0: Like a maturity, <laughs> so, a kind of a,
1: Yeah. That exactly. you're gonna
0: say now that a chimp will never
1: have. I I I'm pretty sure that the that, that, you know, our best science tells us that chimps have like amazing cognitive capabilities, but like those of a three year old or something. Right?
0: Well, those of a three year old when it comes to certain things, but when it comes to I mean, they have very complicated sex lives among uh, with other chimps right? right so why couldn't they have sufficient sophistication and i'm not this is now just a conceptual question i'm not saying this because <laughs> i there's a chimp in the next room that i just want to be sure if it's ethical or not
1: like, this is why i'm laughing because those were my thoughts as i was walking actually with alex walking around like, oh, quick, she's like wait why quick, tell me quick <laughs> How do you get them to? This is a matter. I need
0: to know within the next half hour.
1: <laughs> if it's okay. Are You gonna uh, use it as testimony? for no, David said. Laurie <laughs> <laughs> Sancho said. Um, so, but this but is like,
0: all going to have to get cut. I think. This is now that I'm thinking of it. This is <laughs> repugnant. This is repugnant it, on a lot of it,
1: levels. It is pretty repugnant. Um, the but the question, like, I just want to tease apart the question of expressing a desire. Versus uh, versus actual consent, because I just take it what we mean by consent usually is having having like a deeper cognitive ability to to know what 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 it is that you're talking about where like you.
0: So, okay look, there's two separate questions, whether you can train them to do what I'm asking you and whether that's even possible. And then the second question is whether that would truly count as consent. Right. So let me. At, right. So here's what I want to ask whether because I'm not sure if they're capable of doing this or not, could you train them to signal to you because you would want you would want uh, you know for for the reasons that you mentioned, I don't think you would want to just train them to
1: say yes or no right if, that was my initial my initial yeah. response to you was clever Hans could tap out you know that two plus two equals four, but that doesn't mean he knows math. Right, like, right, right. So right. it was like Clembron. one of those
0: like AI machines where it's like the <laughs> so modules, so what you course. so what I'm so what I'm asking more is and and you would set it up with the bonobo or a chimp that they would have to ask you to have sex. They would sign to you, "I want to have sex now with you." You know, just so you don't feel like you're pressuring them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that seems worse in some ways this is i love your concern for not putting pressure on uh, you know like don't don't give them any drinks either um uh so so I, i hope so yeah i again i think that you could get them to communicate a true desire like you could get coco the the gorilla to say like i want grapes right um and so so i imagine you know you could you could get get a bonobo who wanted to have sex with you to communicate this in some way like they even have you know ipads that are modified for for apes where they can actually like hit symbols and communicate that way but uh, but again i'm not sure that communicating their desire to have sex with you is what we mean by consent um right
0: i uh, yeah uh, so I, I I see that I mean I see that there are other ethical issues there, and <laughs> I, I I see that it may there may be enough gray areas there that you wouldn't want to do it. Never mind, probably just don't want to have sex with a chimpanzee or a, gor- <laughs> a gorilla or anything you know like that. Period. Yeah, this is a, whether setting aside the even the ethical issues.
1: This is right. This is I take it a thought puzzle as we call them, <laughs> thought experiment. yes. a thought experiment yeah. where. Uh, But, 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 you know, this gets to some actual real, real questions that have real world implications, like take sex out of the out of the picture, because I actually think that sex, you know, this is what like people who are zoophiles um, actually claim that that they are simply fulfilled, like the the animal actually has a desire to engage in in sexual behavior. And I think that's that's it's not unreasonable to think that uh, that they are reflecting a desire through their behavior. The trickier cases come from for instance dolphins like you know the whole sea world fiasco where like a dolphin seems intelligent enough that you would want it to have a say in whether or not you keep it in it enclosed in, right. in a little tank right so so there was an article not too long i mean there was a news item not too long ago that india declared dolphins to be non-human persons um, good for that and, yeah and so they so it's it's illegal to keep them captive just for the sake of entertainment um now i you know obviously like a, a a dog is not a chimp is not a human so there probably are levels of of consent that you can give but i do think actually you know with like what if if coco was signing like let me out like let me out i I'm think it'd be pretty, out of here. yeah it'd be pretty fucked off to keep him. Or, yeah or,
0: yeah absolutely hurt. but there's the issue of adaptive preferences right like uh you know this is always a case of oppression of any kind where even consent to stay you know from the dolphins could be a preference that has been sort of drilled into them because they're unaware of the possibilities of what it would mean to be of, right of what it would mean to be free so
1: right, and I think that's 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 what i exactly that's what I was getting at where where what we mean by consent is usually you know to to use a term that I don't know. Whether I'm using it right or not, but it's like a thick. It's a pretty thick like concept where we're saying yeah. it's not just agreeing. It's like understanding sort of the consequences. And so, I, I have actually a pretty fucked up story that we may need a cut, but I'll tell it anyway, and then you can <laughs> decide whether or not to cut it. But when I was about sixteen or seventeen, as part of my my youth church group, we went on a Saturday afternoon Sabbath afternoon to. <laughs> I'm um, glad
0: to see you admit that it's the, it's it's the true Sabbath. It is Sabbath.
1: the Sabbath. It's the seventh day yeah. of it. As an aside, by the way, one of the Republican candidates, Ben Carson, is a Seventh-day Adventist.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Congrats on his performance <laughs> last night at the <laughs> debate.
1: Yeah. I have no idea what he said or did. But <laughs> <laughs> he uh, thinks a God supports a, a
0: 10% flat tax.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I say that in Exodus. Um, uh, it's called tithe. Yeah, a tithe. Uh, I know. So we went to... to like a sort of service, there was a group of of mentally disabled people who were um, out camping, and so we went to sing songs and just sort of like be with them and entertain and and just like whatever worship, and so they were camping, and these were be- people with I think they were mostly people with Down syndrome um, of various ages, and again I must have been sixteen seventeen, and there was a woman who was talking to me trying to talk to me but she she couldn't communicate very well she had you know she she was down syndrome for sure and she was gesturing and grabbing me to go Uh, what I realized what she was saying was that she wanted me to go into her tent with her and she was it became clear essentially like propositioning me uh, for Uh for sex (laughs) or whatever you know messing around and I was it took, I literally took, I don't know if it's because of my young, my youth and naivete or just because in general, you wouldn't expect this to happen. Um, But she, she made it clear after a while that she wanted me to go into, into her tent. And I didn't know what the hell I was like, oh my God, once I realized it, like after like five minutes of her prompting, (laughs) I was like, oh my God, what I do. And there's a case where I think individuals with Down syndrome and, you know, I don't know if there's a rank you know rating of how bad it is but she seemed very not able to communicate clearly where that would just not be consent right like so she was expressing a desire that desire became clear to me um but it it seemed like anybody who would actually take advantage of that that's
0: yeah i mean it's an interesting case sad also you yeah know, like very, very sad, yeah. upsetting but like if that's your position then you are essentially saying it follows from that that they can never have sex in their whole lives
1: i that, mean that, i point. mean i I don't know yeah. what the law says right like you know yeah. there there must be something where where they're you know like that wouldn't be blocked from them um but i don't know if you have to be somebody of where where it might be like sort of statutory laws where like two sixteen year olds or something can can have have sex with each other.
0: Last question, non-sexual this time. Any thoughts about Cecil the lion?
1: I mean, my thoughts, and I. this is from just having a brief discussion in class because I didn't even— read that much about the case, but like like obviously a case where empathy is 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 weirdly over firing or maybe under firing in every other case. Right. Other than Cecil, right? I mean there's so much about that case where it's like the, the nature of the person who was doing the killing is is like really what what's giving us that's right. In, yeah. yeah. Cause when I um, first
0: heard about it and especially saw the pictures of this of this guy with all his trophy kills. Like my first thought was, I would love for that guy to be in that black mirror, you know, like white bear right like that's yeah. where that guy should go. He should go to white bear and he should have that pun- like that would be a perfectly suitable punishment and and then it was it's this huge just Twitter mob and the Yelp thing of the dentist and and although i I didn't say anything about it or tweet anything about it, I almost felt bad <laughs> for for just reacting i think in the same way that like a lot of people
1: react that everybody did i mean but this is you know i like i think this makes a case for what i was saying last time when we were talking about twitter shaming where where it really is like and you know good for you for for not like not joining in on on the twitter mob and being principled about it but it's it's a case where like your outrage like is is not a bad thing it's just that if everybody decides to share it at once like it does seem like oh fuck man i mean this guy made like i don't like him um but but well, it sounds
0: like also what he's doing is illegal it's like that it's an endangered species it you know the, i'm right. not crying I mean, a th- river that they gave him bad yelp reviews on his dentist <laughs>
1: Like I mean, yeah, you don't want to go, you don't want to go to that dentist, uh, there, but, <laughs> but like, like I say, sort of, I wish that, that our, our moral outrage would fire for, for, you know, like everybody who's killing, yeah. um, factory farms, you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 it seems, it seems hypocritical to me to have so much outrage, um, yeah, ba- basically b- because of specific features about this guy, um, uh, you know, I once had these, ki- like, there is also this just weird unfairness judgment. If you're going to kill, like, the king of the jungle, like, I want you to be in, s- put yourself in some harm's way. I know. Um, I, I remember having these kids come to my house in Ithaca. Um, just one day I got a knock on the door, whatever, like a college age or high school age kid. And he was asking me if he could bow hunt in my backyard. In my backyard, there's just deer that just come every day. I mean right. it's just a family of deer and like you literally like you got to open the window and and you know touch the deer and my my thought wasn't I hate hunting my thought was like that's pretty fucking unfair like the, yeah. you know make it hard for you make it hard for yourself make it take like days of tracking and like smearing shit on yourself so that you won't be found i feel
0: like you should have to suffer at least minor risk of your (laughs) Mm -hmm. own like Mm -hmm. it needs like a short happy life of francis mccumber kind of you could end up getting like trampled by the buffalo or and this guy for some of his things it sounds like he'll he'll like chase a jaguar up a tree and then shoot it up the tree like (laughs) that's just bullshit
1: And I don't know that I can actually defend this intuition of mine, right? Like I actually don't know whether it's like this is, but but it is the intuition that I had,
0: where it's just like, dude, come on! Hats off to the people in Colombia who are. It sounds like the younger generation has just had enough with bullfights, because that's a, that talk about an un. And I know the matador himself faces a little risk. But I don't know if you've ever been to a bullfight. I have. And it's like. Whoa, where did you go? I went in France. There no. I went to a bullfight. Um,
1: it I was didn't know it was legal Arles. in France.
0: What? It's yeah, no, it's legal. Yeah. Or, yeah, it was when I was there. This was the mid so it was the late 90s. When you were
1: in your 30s. It's um,
0: <laughs> actually in my 20s. <laughs> the thing that is is awful about it is they, you know, what they do to the bull before the Matador even gets out there, which is those, a bunch of guys with like, you know, it's like the dressed as something uh yeah, go look. out there on horses and just like weaken the, the yeah and uh, totally by, like uh putting this stuff in its back and getting it all bloody and like it's such an ugly spectacle and, and and yeah there's i i get the tradition and i get the colors and the you know the romance of it but man it's just a lot of people cheering like the torturing of an animal
1: yeah, no, I know. That's I I don't. I I can't. I still can't believe. I think you 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 respect cultural differences a bit more like than I do sometimes. But I'm just like that's just fucking wrong. Like and and it's. I mean, even cockfighting is illegal here, right? Yeah, yeah. and
0: I, well, and I think part of it is the spectacle aspect of it with cockfighting, with dogfighting. I mean, dogfighting is obviously in some ways the worst because dogs are the greatest creatures on earth right. they're god's hey, greatest but what creatures. if
1: they consent what if they what if you could get them to like bark once <laughs> bark once for yes i mean uh
0: like my dog would have consented i have a pit bull he would have consented to be in a dog fight early on in his life but that's not what he didn't have a higher order desire to
1: be <laughs> this is i agree that we that uh, we're flushing out the th- the thick concept of consent yeah when it comes like, to dogs he didn't
0: like now upon reflection now that he sees like what a good life he can lead on my couch,
1: he would have regretted it. He yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. He did not. It was not an authentic endorsement. It was not a you know like his agency was defective. At but anyway, the, I think part like the, it's um, uh, part of it is the suffering of the animal, and part of it is the the spectacle of a lot of people cheering like the suffering of an animal. Right, and like those are two things that are both. In, you know, independently right. distasteful. And-
1: right. So it would be, it would be like pretty fucked up if, if we went to like factory farms and cheered on the slaughtering of cows. Right. Um, And, and I think it says something about you, but like obviously there's tacit consent uh, among the people of this country to have that happen. Yeah. But we just would think of you as a bad person if you cheered it on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing now though, because I bet you somebody has written somewhere. Like, a dissertation on, like, the authenticity of dolphin judgments. The ambivalence of dolphins.
0: <laughs> Before we take a break, let's we should give a shout-out to Josh Weisberg, who was our previous guest. He is in Taiwan right now, and they are expecting a big typhoon. Oh, so no. He, he went there for a conference, and now there's this big typhoon, and... Um, And so, you know, uh, stay safe, Josh, and his family is there with him. You know, he's got his wife, he's got two young sons. So, uh, yeah.
1: And you know, also all of the other people who live in Taiwan, (laughs) stay safe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, of course. uh, Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm glad we had him on before this. I'd felt uh, terrible if you
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) We never even
0: had him on the podcast. (laughs) Like my speech uh, at his funeral. All right. Should we take a break? Let's take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Why bastard? Why bastard? When my dimensions are as well compact. My
0: mind as generous. Why brand they us with
1: Very bad Wizards. Um just wanted to take a moment to thank you guys for all your support. Um we really appreciate the the emails, the Facebook messages, the reviews, the donations. Again, if you want to email us, you can email us at very very badwizards at gmail dot com or tweet at very badwizards at peas at Tamler. Um you can leave us an iTunes review that would help us. For some reason, you know, iTunes is well, we won't get into like itunes charts and what that all means but we got to move up we're getting we got to move up on that chart it's fucking we, embarrassing it's embarrassing it uh you can support us by going to very dot com slash support and there you'll find how if you're so motivated you can donate to us through paypal directly again we appreciate all all of those donations and uh or you could shop through amazon uh, and just shop as you normally would but click on that link first and we'll get a little percentage of of whatever it is that you buy. Um, So again, we appreciate all the emails. We don't respond to them all, but we definitely read them all. And sometimes as right now we use them for our show.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, I want to read some of the ones I picked out a few that this will all lead up to uh, a couple that were part of this segment that we thought we might do answering questions about giving ethical guidance about a certain quandary that people have so we'll lead I mean, up we, to that but I feel like
1: we, we you know we have PhDs we we should we should really be using our skills in ethics more often to help
0: that's right we have PhDs and we are both exceptionally ethical people i mean you can tell Why? from that last segment A wise is another word I would use. (laughs) Exactly, We have wisdom. We actually will have a wise person on the show. That's Valerie Tiberius. Um, When I get back, we have a nice lineup of guests. One of them is Valerie Tiberius. Another is Eric Schwitzgibble, who's become like kind of a phenomenon. He's doing a podcast tour. He's been on everything. Another one that we're not having, and someone just alerted, uh, we got a Facebook email from Kilgore Trout saying, have I missed something or did you guys fail to ever get Josh Green on the show? You have not missed anything. We have failed to get Josh Green on the show.
1: I wouldn't say it's our failure. I wouldn't attribute it to, to sort of anything that's about us, Josh Green. Yeah. I mean we're calling out we're calling out names, Josh. We're Green. calling you out, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh Zach Taylor, he gave us a couple of moral dilemmas, but I actually wanted to read what he said about our discussion with of Ex Machina. He says, was excited to hear the episode on AI and Ex Machina. Was bummed you guys didn't discuss the scene where the main character, and then he puts this in all caps, slices himself open to make sure he is not a robot. I, that,
1: I agree. I totally told- agree. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, that's like if if that is not passing the Turing test in some way, then like I don't know what could possibly be
0: not only it's not it's gone beyond like being unclear whether she's a robot (laughs) right you're now worried that you're a robot too Uh, yeah
1: no yeah i mean this is this is it probably should have been like the moment where you as the creator of the ai think like i fucking succeeded i have to say like when i saw that scene it made sense
0: Totally. I was thinking, yeah. cause I was thinking it's actually really well done. I was thinking now, like there, it's, it comes at a point in the movie and I saw it like a, a couple months ago. So I'm not sure. I don't totally remember why, where you're starting to wonder too, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. and you're starting to, and like, and, and, and then you, you, and you're even starting to wonder, wait a minute. Like, am I, <laughs> I had that
1: thought when I first yeah. saw it,
0: like, am I a robot?
1: Yeah, I you don't know. No, no. I I had the same thought. I've never had like one of those injuries where I see my insides. So for all I know, like I'm a badass robot.
0: Yeah, that's a cool. That's a very cool scene and very well earned
1: and well done. And then it's a well done movie. Right, we got and we got we got I think fair emails on both sides of the particular argument we were having. No,
0: I don't think so. We got one. We got one tweet where it was clear that I was right that he is very sensitive to gender and sex issues and
1: i mean this is this is only defeating the the misguided view that i don't hold which is that the director did this on purpose or that the writer did this on purpose. Well no, you were I mean the work of the work of art is the work of art. Like I mean it's it stands on its own and if it if it sends a particular message, I, but it's know. commenting on the genre. I
0: mean that's part of what this movie is. I mean even that scene where he's cutting himself open is sort of commenting on the genre in the way that like in Blade Runner, you know, you you, you don't know even at the end, really, whether Harrison Ford was an android or not, and so it's this idea: where here is one way to just find out for sure is well, you just spoiled
1: just... Blade Runner for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen Blade Runner right now, d- yeah. that's that's in the non spoilable <laughs> kind
1: of thing. Yeah, no. I think it's weak sauce to say that it's a commentary on like the sexist nature of like sexy robots by just making a movie about sexy robots. I, I that's how is that a com? I don't. No, no, I no. Mean,
0: I mean, I think for the reasons that we said, I mean, we don't want to start this again. No, we for don't. the reasons that I said, I mean, I think that the element of of sex is what makes it like an interesting movie and why if it was just about like some little box that was very sophisticated, just wouldn't be that interesting. But, um but it was self-aware enough to know that, that that is part of the genre. That's part of what people like about it. That's part of why we're drawn
1: to it. I guess I don't disagree with the self-awareness of it, but I don't, I don't know that that in any way touches on you know what the message is actually sending. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's right. not a message. It's just it's a movie. Like it's a story,
0: uh, and stories yes. with like yes. S- yes. with that sex are at the <laughs> like at the center of it tend to be more interesting than stories where there's a man in a box.
1: By that rationale, there's no shot that I would ever have of criticizing any movie about sex.
0: Your point was, why can't there just be a you know an a i movie about just robots? Why does it always have to introduce this
1: element of i mean my- like... my commentary was a bit more sophisticated about the way in fact in which it portrayed the sexy robots the the exact thing that it had the female robots both be and do that I thought was just completely apart from from the question of ai and just troubling right so i don't even even the eva and wally is kind
0: of (laughs) hot by the way
1: i thank you just for just in general making my points for me uh, (laughs) uh
0: Yeah, but 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 uh, but like Ava in the movie in Ex Machina, like you think she was portrayed as like an evil psychopath, whereas I think she's portrayed as a heroine that's trying to get out of this situation in which she's being oppressed and tortured.
1: Yes, I guess we do disagree on that. I just don't believe you, but. You just like, want the women to I don't, like you know, no, no, just accept
0: their subservient position this in is, the room.
1: This is like even you admitted that you your immediate thought was like, wow, right? Like and as one of our as one of our listeners wrote in like in clear defense of my point, there is just like a way in which uh, Ava is portrayed as Right, like not even she doesn't even gesture to the the guy. Like she doesn't say like, "Hey, sorry." Like I gotta. There's clearly like an attempt to, to portray her as unfeeling and un, unsympathetic, not just to her creator, but to the guy who helped her. Right, and.
0: Yeah. Did you have a problem in Django Unchained when you know they? There's a little collateral damage on the uh, <laughs> when Django springs his wife out zero, of. I had zero problem with Django Unchained, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly but somehow like if it's a woman that's escaping oh jesus christ but okay. on her now own like she has to let's show just... sympathy and care for the person you know she has to be really nice to I, uh... people who are keep imprisoning her or else you know
1: like you know what you took t- you just convinced me i'm on board <laughs> i'm on board now you're right <laughs> here i was this whole time misguided so now that i granted you that can we move on another fucking email (laughs) we've had a few
0: emails and tweets praising your uh awesome electric company beat see now oh yes that was that was fucking amazing last last week or Uh, last episode that you did
1: thank you you uh you rarely ever compliment my beats so it really meant something when when you did. Well,
0: uh, it's partly um, it's that I don't
1: always listen to them you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I've I, I've ha- handily collected them for you in one website. It's prominently featured on the front of <laughs> very bad. No, I know. It's, <laughs> it's more prominently featured than anything else on the than website. anything else. But uh, I
0: listened to it and I immediately the like right after I heard it it's it's just so awesome and it, I, if you were to Electric Company fan as a kid, it'll be
1: like it really is one of those it's a litmus test right it's like a litmus if you if you heard that ever if you're old enough like as as we are the shrill sort of like w- one of the things I love about that little sample is just grating it's just it's just it, but in this good way it scratches an itch of like you know
0: but with all the exuberance and annoyingness of childhood uh, it, exactly
1: and electric company had like a live action spider-man which just alone was just reason <laughs> right reason do you enough. remember that
0: the uh, net, the, like the the spider the web which would just be like a net that just,
1: fell <laughs> down just like someone someone like off screen just threw a net you know and like the guy wasn't even particularly in shape or anything he just was like had a real it was like a real live spider-man outfit like i wanted so bad to have like an outfit like that oh god this is like way better than the toby Maguire version <laughs> was that where the what was the was the
0: theme song for that spider-man spider-man i think that. so
1: You know, Morgan Freeman, I, did, I didn't realize this until I was like in my nostalgia of making that beat uh, that Morgan Freeman was um, on Electric Company. Yeah. Okay, brothers and sisters and misses and misters, here's your daddy, yo, with the sounds to go. No shucking, no and I'm telling you, your music's arriving.
0: <laughs> Before we get to Mark Erickson's sort of central email, I did want to. We talked about Sex Ed, I think on episode 70. And we got an email from Rebecca Sheely, I think. We had a disagreement. It wasn't, I don't even know if it was much of a disagreement. So she wrote an email saying, I wanted to talk to you about sex ed from a woman's perspective. The comment about people know it's good. So I think you said like that, you know, they should know that sex is pleasurable. And I guess I said like, well, I think people know that like people have a, good sense that it's pleasurable already they don't need like a class telling them that sex is pleasurable <laughs> what she says is from a female perspective i think this may be true for guys that people know it's good but i'm not so sure about females we are told that it will hurt really bad when we first have sex and that blood is normal no one talks about lubricant or how a woman needs to be properly aroused meaning she say She's aroused. She says she's aroused, not the man says he's bored and wants to do penetration. The first time doesn't have to hurt, and there should definitely... Well, I, didn't, I don't know if I read this. <laughs> and there should definitely not be blood. I've known girls at age 18 who still don't know what a clitoris is, and many guys who don't realize that the clitoris... Not the vagina is really how the woman has an orgasm. It's analogous to the penis. I think I'm getting an education here. It's analogous to the penis. I feel so sorry for you. Yet, so. yet some women feel bad about touching themselves during penetration or feeling inadequate about needing to do so although I think sex ed is is generally shit and the kids do seem to know that sex is pleasurable. I think if we are going to skim over the pleasure parts, assuming that everyone knows about it, we need a culture that also understands how sex happens from a woman's perspective, which I don't think is the case.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a great commentary. I think that there is actually the point about... I mean, in my recollection at least, we're taught about sex in a very mechanical sense because I think that there is some degree of of shame or maybe even just some fear that, that you're promoting sex by talking about like the actual aspects of it that are supposed to be pleasurable. Um and I don't know at what age this is something that people would want their kids to hear about, but like it definitely is just a shitty part of sex ed that you're not to- you're sort of told about like oh STDs be, be careful you know uh protection from from getting pregnant and n- nobody i think is taught about actual sex and like how how to do it well or how to even even just ensure that there's community. i mean i think part of what what Rebecca's saying here is like, even ensure that there's communication going on between partners just yeah, not just sex ed. yeah it
0: seems like I, 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 like like I'm picturing like a guy coming in and saying here's how you pleasure a <laughs> you do you, I mean, I, I, you must touch them a uh, sensitive places. this
1: is that, It's your fault for imagining that that guy <laughs> um I would also want a woman to oh, talk to woman. to women
0: I think he might be from uh, from europe from Argentina. This is <laughs>
1: how it's like a, some like Billy Crystal, Cyran <laughs> live character. No, like I, I think it's a good point. Like at least by the time you're in high school, if you're talking about sex, like in kids, and you're assuming enough about kids that they're gonna have sex that that you actually think you should distribute condoms. And I think that you should actually really talk about sex. Even just saying it, like, here are the statistics about, like, how many women have orgasms um, or what. Just even distributing literature where you would have people telling their like, accounts uh, of, like... the
0: uh, Lady Shatterley's Lover, lover that kind <laughs> of literature. <laughs> or,
1: yeah, like, I mean, even just, like, essays that are are, I think, as a young woman or young man, like, reading people's real-life accounts of the first time... You know, they had sex and what it was like and maybe in retrospect what they wish it would have been like or what they've learned. Like, I I think there's just too much shame surrounding sex for people to ever go like get on board with this sort of thing. But like I would want my children to to sort of know what they're doing the first time they do it, even though I don't want to know anything about it. Even <laughs> no, though I right? had like, a like, clue what I was I, doing. Oh, <laughs> like I mean, there's just like, it's a steep learning curve, man. Like it's like...
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to the final email that we're going to read for today. And this is from Mark Erickson, who normally tweets us or emails us with some funny things, but he actually, he sent us a more serious email and, you know, this is, so this is the context He says, My wife and I have been married for 21 years, and we have an 11-year-old son. We were both raised in uber-fundamentalist homes. My father is also a Baptist minister, but due to my own experiences, education, and interest in science and reason, and a long struggle with the many unreasonable claims of the Bible, I shed my faith about seven years ago. I shared this with my wife, who is still a believer. We still have a great marriage, and she's incredibly understanding and is still very supportive. But here's the issue. I'm now struggling with what to tell my son. My wife still takes him to church. Granted, it's a more liberal, evangelical church, not the fundamentalist gulag that I went to, but he wonders why I don't go to church. And he has also started to share some of his own fears with me, which are largely due to religion. Most of these fears about the afterlife, hell, uh, eternity. It's breaking my heart as I know exactly what he's feeling. It's to the point now where he's having nightmares and we're seeing doctors trying to manage his anxiety. This is also magnified as my wife's mother recently and suddenly passed away. Of course, I couldn't participate in the She's in a Better Place talk, which I know is hard on my wife, but she knows how much I loved her and I've done my best to focus on what a great life she had and all the great memories we had of her. My wife also lost her father when we were in high school. I'm certain that these tragedies play a huge role in her needing to cling to the belief that they will be reunited one day, which she reinforces with our son. What should I do? Should I tell him my true unbeliefs. I know this will upset my wife, but it's so painful to see how much fear he's experiencing over something that is not even true. I don't want to lie to him or have him struggle like I did for so many years. Thoughts, suggested
1: readings. The nutshell is, do you lie to your kids about religion? Because it's comforting, right? But it's comforting, but it's also just actually can... And I mean, I was raised super hardcore believing, and I know exactly... What it means to like fear, shit, right? Like Seventh Day Adventists like have a lot of of discussion about the devil and about the end times, and it's you know for all of what people say about like religion being an op- opiate of the masses or like or being a comforting belief, it's there's a ton of baggage. Like if it were, I think the question would be an- easier to answer if it were just clearly a belief that only brought with it good shit right
0: yeah i mean this is an interesting case because it this this belief clearly brings a lot of both right like both comforting stuff and also fears and anxieties
1: i think that's just often not not discussed that much it's a real special kind of fear to fear both that you might like sort of lose eternal life or be tortured eternally or that somebody you love might right like and it's a it's a hell of a thought to think
0: like if you're a particular
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you're a particular kind of christian who believes in eternal torment like you know to even tell your family member that you don't believe is like essentially they're gonna be just feeling like oh my god like you're gonna be eternally tortured
0: i can't yeah i mean this is your thing this is by your i mean christian like i i don't you know i can't relate to that part of it I don't know like in terms of what should he do? Do you have some thoughts? I have a few thoughts.
1: Yeah. I I mean I it's honestly something that 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 I struggle with because my family is still very religious and and I'm not. So so you know I don't I don't even know if the way that I deal with it is the right way to deal with it. But I just sort of just I refuse to not answer a question directly and honestly yeah. um and and so I, like, I'm very comfortable saying lots of people believe it to be true. um. And, but, but clearly he's in a position where he's, he's, and and I might get to that point where you have to like actually take a side. Like I can see your kid wanting to say like, look, dude, like either, either you believe or you don't. And like your, your claim is that they're wrong. Like the rest of the family is just wrong. You know? I think kids
0: have a greater tolerance for ambiguity and complexity than we sometimes give them credit for, which is why, and again, I, it's very hard to generalize from the case from, from I, my, my experience with parenting is, is raising one child, yeah. but I err on the side of being honest yeah. with them always. And I rarely regret that, you know? Like yeah. I mean, it's that, even
1: weird to say that you're erring on yeah. the side. Like, I don't, I don't know what, at what point the, the honesty doesn't have in the long term the better outcome. Like I, you know, we can,
0: well, I feel like you told your kid
1: that he was ugly <laughs> <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, there are, no, <laughs> there are <laughs> things that <laughs> that are best left unsaid. Um, <laughs>
0: You have a small I mean, penis. I know you're eight years old, but even for an eight year old, that's a I small mean, when penis. I
1: was eight, like I would have laughed at you anyway. Right? <laughs> I think the dilemma here is in being honest about your beliefs, you're essentially saying that you think these other people, including your wife and, and your now dead grandma, are wrong.
0: Right. Right. I mean, and and you're saying that you know you don't believe what they believe. I mean, you could that's another way of putting it, which is equally accurate. You don't believe what they believe. Um you're not you know you don't have to say you don't have to be Sam Harris Richard Dawkins about it and say they're like idiots right. and they're um you know, and it's destructive and you just have to say that that they believe this and you believe that, and those two things are different
1: and but now uh, he, i but I think that this is a a particularly difficult test yeah. of that because because it is it it's possible that Mark's kid will actually say okay well i actually believe as well and so if they actually believe then one of the implications of that belief is that their own father is say like not going to be in heaven with them right, right. and no, that's like, that's the hard part It's really yeah. sad thought to like implant that in your kid you know right if he thinks now you're going to hell right and
0: and that's the part that i really like i don't feel even remotely qualified to give advice about it's you know he's not going he's not going to church he's not like i I probably the kid knows that his like he suspects this anyway
1: wait he suspects what
0: that that his dad is not a believer right that a lot of the time when you're trying to hide something from them if they they may not know it In a propositional way, but they know it. They know something's up anyway, and sometimes what they're imagining might be even worse than what the situation really is. Right? And I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think talking, well,
1: being honest is is usually, but this could be an exception. I mean, this is the case where I actually think that, like, I I I do agree that kids can can handle a certain amount of ambiguity, and there really are two questions here. One is should should he tell his son what he believes um but the other one is should i then like sort of def- defend why i believe what i believe in a way that that would disabuse the son of religious belief and and it's hard i think to to believe that it's true that that it's like sort to believe that it's a lie uh, it, it, how you tell your kid that you don't believe really matters because it could be taken as, well, my dad is right and my mom is just completely wrong, um, and that's different than just being honest about what you believe. Like it, it, it brings along with it sort of a an implicit judgment about the belief of the mom, right? Like there, you, you can't kind of have it both ways. Well.
0: We have kids that know where one parent is religious and the other parent isn't, and just because they recognize that and they may side with a particular parent, that doesn't necessarily
1: mean they think their other parent is an idiot. It no, just means no, but they would be wrong, right? I mean, it would—you it, are yeah, sort of—it would be wrong, but and and that matters in these discussions. It's not like your mom speaks Spanish and your dad speaks English, where. Right. You're actually saying like, OK, if I say, so suppose that like your kid respects you so much that when you say like, hey, you know, I just don't believe in God and angels. Now, every time mom takes you to church, you're just like, eh, really, mom? You know? Such,
0: you're making like jerking off motion. <laughs> <No>, I wasn't.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm
0: saying like that's what the kid is doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, you know, it's it's. Clearly our PhDs.
0: If if it actually affects... Because you want him to come to the decision that he's going to come to without undue influence. But, like, is this undue influence or is this something that he should know? Like, especially since both, you know, Mark says that this was something that he struggled with and was scared of. And it doesn't seem like he thinks of it as something that was healthy or positive for him yeah i Uh, you know and so in that case it it might you might almost feel more of a duty to at least give your child a perspective
1: i think that's right i think that's right like if 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 i had to make this decision i would say like hey look like i i was raised believing and like i had those same fears i know it's really shitty um but i want to like just just be honest and say that like i just don't believe that stuff anymore and, but some people do, and this is something that you might want to come to, but like, I, I just can't, I can't knowingly put my kid through that kind of just, shit. it was a torment to like have to, to unlearn the, those sorts of things. Like I wish that somebody I respected and knew well enough to talk to me about it, just told me that this was an option. Right, right, and just to say it's an option, I think is, and you're being honest to your kid. I think it's always just good to be honest. What the like? What is this hell thing? What's what's up with that with you Christians? Like... <laughs> well, I mean, I'm lucky because I'm don't don't believe in eternal torment. They just believe like at some point God is going to destroy all the evil people, and then they'll never exist again. So it's much better. But oh, so but, all you do is just die. You yeah, all you do is just die. Um, huh. Remember, I I have like a real real. Desire not to die. I think oh, we talked about right. this in one of the, right. the yeah. early podcasts. Right. We, we should come right. back to mortality actually. Whereas um, I, is the, the sweet final repose, <laughs> exactly. or something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it also is like a, a like a shitty thought that everybody else would be enjoying eternity. You know, <laughs> right. you know That
0: that's something a Jew can relate. It's the ultimate. <laughs> this fom- is
1: bullshit. ultimate FOMO, right? It's like the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the belief in 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 that like there would be a benevolent God who eternally tortures you. Uh, it's just kinda crazy. I like say I believed that you were in danger of eternal hellfire and I didn't try to convince you, like yeah. about the truth of Jesus. That seems like a fucked up thing. Like like it I can see why Mormons are like praying around the clock and like baptizing dead people, you know?
0: No, and like missionaries seem like they're
1: the only people who are doing what <laughs> anybody
0: like any like halfway decent human being
1: would do right like if you actually believe that your neighbor's going to hell and you just didn't even bother to tell him like
0: it's like, much so. worse than like letting the child in the pond drown you know totally like the singer it's case. the ultimate this is, singer is, this is like, letting them drown and then be tortured for infinity
1: <laughs> for infinity years i know think about infinity just think about that like torture for infinity yeah. like uh. like
0: And you know what? Like, now it just occurred to me, like, what if they're right? Like, that's what if that's where I'm headed? That will suck.
1: Then I do
0: want to stay alive.
1: It really would suck. That, that, uh, I'm pretty convinced though that that it won't happen. So don't worry. But Uh, really? The the only way you'll know is if it's true. You'll, you'll never actually be (laughs) right. Like, have the opportunity. There's no way to to be be vindicated. (laughs) There's no no satisfying feeling of being right (laughs) about afterlife like <laughs> when you don't believe
0: in it if you're right you'll know that when like the maggots like eat out your eyeballs
1: yeah there should be just like a little five minute grace period where you can like sort of throw it in all of the religious people's faces where you can be like ha i told you like <laughs> i got four minutes and 30 seconds to mock you for having doubted me <laughs> yeah.
0: your whole life you lived like doing all these good things, helping people.
1: You could have been having labradoodle sex this whole fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't even have needed to ask the dog to do sign language for like, I want to get fucked. (laughs) You know, I feel like this is a good place to wrap it up because there's a longer topic that I actually really want to get back to in the podcast, but maybe we should say, um, that, that there are a couple of things that, that, that maybe we should suggest our listeners to um, to watch or to read for next yeah, time.
0: It, yeah, I actually have a couple of suggestions on this. One of them is the documentary uh, An Honest Liar that you recommended to me, and that's really, really good and really interesting. And just uh, – it, it as a human personal story about James R- Randy. It's interesting, and you learn something about him that I had no idea was true. It's uh, amazing. It's amazing. It's yeah.
1: amazing. Like how you you go into thinking this. If you know anything about the Amazing Randy, you just know that he's a sort of magician slash skeptic um, who's used his magic powers for truth. Um, but then you weave in sort of the personal narrative, and and it makes for just a great documentary. That I, I mean, you couldn't plan this shit. You know, I mean.
0: Um, it's it's great and uh yeah and there's even like a little twist that happens at the end where you know that's like right. a little there's a lot of suspense there and yeah. like a little, and a lot of emotion um, but it raises the question of a you know whether deception you know when can deception in uh as a means to a, an end be be okay and when might it be harmful to engage in an act of deception to achieve a sort of larger truth. And then also, you know, it's definitely raises, I don't know to what extent it means to do this, but the question of to what extent might it be unethical, um, like in the case that we were just talking about of, you know, taking a maybe comforting illusion and removing it from, from somebody. I mean, I think some of the most moving Moving scenes in the movie is just, you know, these, these evangelical con men, you know, they're yeah. the, the people that they're interacting with are so desperate and they're so hurt and, and they're suffering, you yeah. know? I mean, this and, is just, yeah, it's just, oh man, it's oh,
1: talk about like, uh, like to- totally taking what's supposed to be, um, you know, the, whatever you believe about, about religion like it's it's pretty clear that what you're supposed to be doing is helping people, and this is just like the ultimate just betrayal of that. Right. It's just yeah. And, and we're talking really about pay cool pay stuff pay
0: about Yuri yeah. Geller. I'm sure yeah. you liked like like a Jew getting exposed, sort of. <laughs>
1: he still he still clings to it too like he's still like, a, like well, at the, well a it
0: it, it, you, we gotta talk about that because at the end it's it's not totally clear to what extent he's clinging to it and to what extent he isn't Um another right. good movie to see on this topic is the Orson Welles very little seen Orson Welles movie called F for Fake a really cool movie yeah uh, that's right that I that's certainly right. recommend
1: I actually haven't seen it but I've seen the uh, a little video essay on it by um every frame the the blogger tony Zhu, who has a every frame a painting a series of video essays that we've talked about numerous times like that that uh, that's uh apparently and i haven't seen it i'll watch it for next time like just a masterful use of deception the other thing is if it, you know there's a there's dan Ariely's documentary honest uh dishonesty the truth about lies and and I know you're gonna give me shit for always talking about Dan Ariely, but like there is just a particular, no. uh, particular uh, scene where, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, where uh, our friend Walterson Armstrong talks about being lied to about Santa Claus, and, and oh yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, uh, so uh, we'll put a link. We'll put links up to all this stuff for our listeners to to just to entertain yourself until the next podcast and. And I'll say w- really quickly, one of the coolest things about the Randy documentary on um, Honest yeah. Liar is is something that I just hadn't thought of too much, but it is is really his the his method for for spreading truth, which is to use deception to yeah. uncover truth and and that's essentially you know magician's the magician's use of deception in order to expose which is uh, i think a, a really interesting use of deception
0: and there's also very interesting things about debunking like yeah. you know like the the there's a lot of philosophy of science sort of issues exactly. that are raised in that movie it's it's a it's a perfect movie for this podcast so Great. yeah you know dave likes it too cuz it's not there's not any beautiful women in it <laughs> uh,
1: again thank you thank you for there's...
0: no it proves your point like you
1: can have a really compelling movie without like, throwing <laughs> exactly. <in>. imagine that <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right man have uh be safe in romania don't uh don't die i, don't I won't get bitten by a vampire yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I <laughs> would be pretty happen, fucking you know? awesome that'd be awesome i know if I come back like, will and you vampire? tell me if like vampires are a real thing like if you're, if you're like all you of a like, sudden you're, like I, right you're like, I right I <laughs> like I can only record at night like i can only record at night
0: did you see um uh, what's it called the the documentary with Jermaine oh it's a mockumentary uh what we do in the shadows no, I never saw that Oh, it's so fucking good You should see it yeah, okay. All you listeners should see it It's so funny It's like a reality show Of these vampires in New Zealand Sharing a flat <laughs> uh, It is hilarious It is awesome <laughs> And it has maybe the funniest line Of any movie ever
1: uh, That's a, that's, that's a quiet the recommendation I'll put that yeah. on the list
0: um, Join us next time on Very Bad Wizards